All right. Here we are, February 2nd, that's two, or February 16th, that's 2-16-24, Common Sense Ohio, coming at you here from Studio C at Channel 511 Studios. Uh, lots of people do podcasts down here, but ours happens to be the best, I think. Oh, Norm's got his constitution portrayed, is that the right mm-hmm. word? Displayed, maybe displayed. is the better thing. Displayed. Um, displayed right there on the round table. The reason the table is round is because we like to have a discussion without corners. We don't cut corners. There are none to cut. Anyway, it's commonsenseohioshow.com if you want to check us out online, if you want to get a catalog of all the back episodes, if you want to check out Norm's blogs, if you want to find an easy way to subscribe to podcasts. Still surprising to me. Actually, maybe not surprising. Uh, Many folks don't know how to get a podcast. They still sort of search on YouTube or wherever, and there is a way to do it, and we can simplify it for you. Go to commonsenseohioshow.com, click subscribe. It'll take you right where you need to be. You can check us out on YouTube, Facebook, all the video platforms where we are. See what I did there? I sort of begged the question. Logical fallacy, but at least I recognized it. <laughs> and, a, and a round table has an infinite number of corners. I suppose it does if you get down to molecular True. levels. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. But we're not going to do that. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so we will get right at it. Our World War II fact of the day. Norm, there was a lot of stuff. We talked about the Pacific last week. There's some stuff going on this week uh, on February 16th, uh, I believe, 1940. Five, the Battle of Corregidor, a little tiny island in, outside the Manila Bay. Uh, we, uh, we, I think we, the, we had our Marines or the paratroopers landed on Corregidor. At the same time, we started bombarding Iwo Jima. So the Pacific War was on. The Japanese were dug in, digged in, entrenched into the islands. It's more military. Yeah. yeah. They were entrenched into mm-hmm. the islands. Uh, but yeah, as we were sort of island hopping all the way to Japan, we... Um, we took these islands, uh, and it's interesting. You know, I, I I looked at the map, and you know, you hear Manila Bay, and you think like beaches and and suntan lotion, and <laughs> not and, so much really, and stuff like that. But yeah. it, you know, it's like, and then you got Ali, the thriller in Manila. Uh, but you know, it was a a huge, huge uh, strategic gain. And when we had to leave that, I think I think Corridor was the last island we left when the when we left the Philippines. That's right. And I think it was uh, among the first we took back. So, anyway, that's what was going on in 1945 on February 16th. Uh, last week we had Glenn Harper from Harper Plus Accounting, our dear sponsor, at the roundtable. So, if those of you who have any idea or want to know who he is. Uh, and you didn't catch last week's episode, you should do it. Uh, he provided a little bit of tax insight, but more important, he provided some commentary. You know, he jumped right in and, and mm-hmm. contributed to the common sense thought process right along with us. Uh, so common or uh, Harper Plus Accounting does my books this time of year, and I'm gearing up for my federal return or my uh, corporate returns on, man, I just can't get anything right today. My corporate returns on March 15, personal returns April 15. And guess what? I ain't extending nothing because I got Harper Plus accounting on my side and we're going to get it done on time. Well, I was listening closely to Glenn and he said, actually, our personals uh, this year are due on April the 18th. Yeah. And I don't know why. Because the holiday probably. Or not the holiday, the weekend. So if if it's due, if it happens to fall on a weekend or a holiday or whatever, so April 18th. Didn't even look that far in advance. So, um, yep. You know, an extra well, three days. And I know April 15th is a Monday, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it is. So, Interesting. I don't, don't know, know why, man. I don't know. Why, why Why? would the federal government confuse us with something like an April 18 instead of a 15 deadline where it's been since like the dawn of time? 
I don't know. They don't yeah. even defend our borders anymore. So go figure the federal. Well, look, government. I mean, they don't defend the borders, but they're going to be Johnny on the spot. They're going to they're going to be the Minutemen when it comes to collecting taxes. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! So, speaking of the borders, lots going on down there, Norm. I know you got your laundry list over there, so we might as well hit it. Yeah. So uh, we had a border bill uh, or deal that uh, the Senate uh, had negotiated with the White House, and it failed. Uh, the, the House of Representatives is not going to pass this deal, and what it was the, the main <laughs> the main fault of the bill is. The deal was that Biden would shut down the border once the daily number of incursions by illegals was 5,000 or more, okay, for a sustained, I think it was five days in a row, had to be 5,000, something like that in the deal. So Uncle Norm got out his calculator, and I sat down, and I figured out that if the illegals came over at a rate of 4,999. In other words, one less than the uh, the trip wire, right, that was set in this deal. What would that equal times 365 days? The answer is 1.8 million would be allowed, would be consecrated by this deal. So unfettered. And, and the other thing about the deal is it, was, it, 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 it added nothing. In fact, it might have even watered down some of the like catch and release and, and, and uh, enforcement provisions. I mean, it, it, the bill did nothing. And it's such, it's such classic political jostling exactly. to promote a bill like this that is completely unnecessary to shut down the border, by the way, because look, every other president has been able to do it without such a bill. Exactly right. Um, it's gaslighting at a high level for Biden and, and to then, claim that he needs legislation in order yeah. to do what he's already authorized and empowered. Like the one of the few things that he should have author, authority to do, and 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 you know he didn't he didn't need a bill no. to forgive student loans. No. Right. For instance, even though Obama said, I do need legislation right. for him to have done it, but right. Joe just did. Doesn't it. need a bill for gun control. Doesn't no. need a bill. Like the mighty pen is, is very powerful, except on the border with Mr. Biden, right. um, which is give me needs. the money. Right. Which is such nonsense. So what it is is mm. political jostling. So they, they set up this bill that is uh, baked with a bunch of Orwellian BS. And when the Republicans don't agree, they get to blame the Republicans as like a, you know, this was bipartisan. You know, we so if they do agree and it doesn't work, well, it's bipartisan. Right. If the Republicans don't agree, it's their fault that the border is wide open. Right. I mean, it's such crap. And you know what? I fault the Republicans here for not being clear on that message. You know, it, it's like the Republicans are a scattered mess, especially in the House. And it's been this way for some time now. And, you know, the Republicans need to get their act together and have a message here to say, look, this is BS. It does the facts that we just that you just talked about, Norm. There's about a dozen other that, if you dig into it, oh yeah, the enforcement provisions are completely meaningless. Nothing, nothing changes a thing. In fact, it might even make it worse because right. at least it's going to rubber stamp admittance. And you know, it, it's it's nothing. And the Republicans are sort of like scatterbrained and pointing the finger at each other on this crap instead it, 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 of just it, yeah, I, I portraying mean, a message. It, uh, the thing the thing that I can't get over is if the president has the power to shut down the border when it hits 5,000 illegals per day under this border deal uh, negotiation, then why not, you know, why not 1,000? Why not 500? Why, why not, not one? What, what, why not one? What is the magic, what is this 5,000 magic like, number? It's like, look, pull it out of your butt number? I would think that, yes. It's yeah, just nonsense. Like, it, right? It's or, nonsense. Well, it, it, it would allow up to 1.8 million illegals per year by 
statute. Look, why not just yeah. pass a law that says we're going to allow X number of people in the country? Just reverse it. Yeah. So right. what we're saying is, yeah, we know that there's going to be illegal people coming in, so we're just going to let it happen up to 5,000, then we'll stop it. But in five days, if that'll start over. Right. Yeah. It, right. It's such it's such but ridiculousness. But I mean, we already have the backlog of people that are in the court system to become legal. That right? have notices For, to appear that are now six, seven, seven years out. Yeah, like which they'll is show more, up. Which is moronic. It, it is. Completely moronic. That is moronic that we and, and, and court the, date seven years from now. And you get the Democrats blaming the Republicans for this. And the Republicans are sitting there and sometimes just sitting there and saying, not, and like not fighting back. Say, Look, this is crap. Yeah. We, Biden, you could stop this today. He yeah. could stop it today. There's plenty of money. There's plenty of funding. There's plenty of manpower to do it. And if there's not, nobody would complain about hiring people. We are. If we, you're right. going to use them. Right. right. We, right. we, we are, we are witnessing a, a very, uh, noxious, noxious nexus. I like that. Between the Democrats who want unfettered illegal immigration because they have it in their head that illegals are blue voters and they're going to vote for them and that's their constituency. Well, maybe maybe that's what they think. Maybe maybe well, def- they're true ideologues. Maybe it's some something of both. Who it, knows? It's it's definitely that. It's definitely turning Texas from red to blue. Uh, and then the other part of the the nexus is Republicans who have been bought off by the big chambers of commerce who just want cheap labor, yeah. who just who just want people picking stuff in the fields. And and what the Republicans are are doing is they are betraying American citizens and, you know, the uh, sanctity of their votes. And what the Democrats are betraying are their union um, constituency who wants to have a high-wage uh, environment or a reasonably high wage environment. And these illegals are undercutting all of these union jobs. Yeah. So both sides are selling out their constituencies. It's always about three things, money, power, ego. Yeah. And at any right, given exactly. time, one thing is more important than the other, or maybe two are there and one isn't, but it's always money, power, right. ego. And you've got money and power going on here. People want the power and they want the money. And uh, when this will be solved, will be when enough union leaders go to the Democratic Party and say, hey, listen, you know, it's unsustainable uh, at, at uh, steel plants and agri- big agricultural uh, plants where we process chickens, eggs, beef, cat, you know, whatever, pork. Uh, in, in, in all of, in, you know, in all of the heavy industry, we have people coming in that'll, that are willing to work for cash for like three bucks an hour Versus our our men and women in the union uh, who who are getting 45, 50 bucks an hour, you got to stop this flow of illegals. And then on the Republican side, you know, suburban voters or or just, you know, common sense people have to tell the Republicans, you're going to lose all your red states here, guys. You know, this flood of people, if, if they're talking, if the figures are right under Biden, 10 to 12 million illegals have come in thus far. It is insanity. That is, that is the population of Ohio. I mean, I mean, you're talking about a whole nother state full of, you are, look, it is a, there is no other way to define this. It is giving the country away. I've said this before. If you, a country is defined by its borders. Yeah. And if you eliminate borders, you undefine the country. You know, you, you like we, mm-hmm. and we're, it's not like we're letting people in 
in the traditional American way as a melting pot to assimilate, to create a new culture. No, we're letting people in that don't want to assimilate. No. They don't want, they want their own culture. No. And that isn't a country. And those are Man. just the good people. The, the, right. It, that, that's, it, on the, that's on the good, that's on the best case scenario. And then side. there's the MS-13ers who then are just the coming criminals, in. There's the spies the from cartels. China. There's all, I mean, yeah. and, the car, and back to your point about numbers, about the $5,000 number, you don't think these cartels will say, okay, yeah. we'll just meter them in. We'll just well, they 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 we'll play both ways, right? And you know, I guess I want to frame it too the way I'm looking at this, and I know you guys are too. Is I don't think we want to become unempathetic of the situation of people trying to get in this country. Not at all. They look, have a tremendous hard life, and they that's why they're trying to run away. Look, the good ones we're talking about, the sure. ones that really want to have a there get are away people from who oppression. legitimately want to get away from oppression and a terrible life, and, and they want to immigrate to right. the United States. And I think it's our job as a, as the United States, not just a country, but as as the United States, as America, to evaluate first our need for more people, right? And that's right. a country. Right. And, you know, we don't always need people to come into our country. No. And then as a, as a corollary to that, their need to come in. And then we can let people in as as we evaluate. And there's standards already to do that. This right. has been Correct. in place forever. Right. You know, and, and look, there's a lot. One of the standards is to be self-sufficient. I mean, yeah. you, you were not to become a ward of the state. That was one criteria for giving somebody's citizenship yeah is that you would be able to support yourself yeah and they're about 1860 ish 61 through 65 we needed people right? so <laughs> yeah. we were letting yeah. i think was that about the time of the irish potato famine that was the time of the civil war and, and the civil war we were we definitely needed, losing we people and we right. needed people right and look Western so you could expansion, say the whole, i mean everything yes, going on and you, you could say yeah. you could say well that's the american tradition it's like all right we'll go back and look at the dark side of that we wanted people to go get killed in the civil war so right. look i mean or at least fight the civil war not, right. not, not necessarily die but it's right. like was you gonna no say no question in, in, uh, I mean, a lot of those irish Brigade, brigades you from bet. New York City were those guys were fresh off the boat, like they off the boat. Here's a rifle, go right. die. Mm-hmm. Exactly right. Right. Yeah. yeah, and they were conscript, conscripted. Yeah, yeah they, there it's was, not like they had much choice. There were draft riots in New York City during the Civil War because you know people didn't want to go and fight. You know something that seemed like okay. So some states want to leave the Union. Okay. Yeah, they didn't care about any of it. They were fleeing a country right. that was in that was in famished. They didn't understand it, and they were just looking for a better life. Right? Mm-hmm. Not yep. not to get blown up in the Civil War and lose legs. Big time, man. But yeah. so look, I mean, the point I'm making there is that uh, when you're if you're going to point back to say, well, that's not the American tradition is to to close the borders. Like, all right, well, yeah, we open them up and we need people, like Civil right. War. Right. And I, I'm not saying that's the only reason we let people no, in, yeah, but there's but, lots of reasons, right. and that's one of them. And, and we don't need this influx for workers. We do not. We, we absolutely don't. do not. That is a when gaslighting argument. When you have unemployment yeah. numbers the way it is, with yeah. low, thre- low threes, whatever it is right at this point in time, we don't need it. We don't, no, we don't need, need it. We, we've already incentivized our country not to work as it is. We already we say here on this program, and I think most you know most times we agree about this, is to let the market, the natural market, work. And if there aren't people willing to work for $2.50 or 3 bucks an hour, guess what will happen? <laughs> Employers will have to pay whatever higher the, wages. Not mandated higher wages. Exactly. But whatever but natural, the market demands. It, whatever Look, it I'm will not going to go pick your fields. That's right. For, or work at McDonald's for $10 an hour. 
right? right. Then you work at ten. You know, yep. Let that let that let be. that happen. Let once that happen. once rates to pick strawberries would get to fifteen or twenty bucks an hour. Oh, there'll be people taking those jobs. Sure, right? Yep. But yes. at three bucks an hour, when there's when there's illegals. a reason when there's a reason for the owners not to hire people at fifteen bucks an hour, if they have an alternative, they won't. Yeah, pay fifteen dollars. They just right. won't no. do it. Hundred percent. And, and then, then on the other, like almost as if they're shooting themselves in the mirror, the people, the the Dems would say, "Well, then we need to raise minimum wage, so we force people to pay this much." Did you see Barbara Lee campaigning for Die Fi's old Senate seat out in California? Mm-mm. So, uh, current state or current uh, U.S. Congresswoman Barbara Lee uh, proposed a fifty dollars. Oh, I did see that right. minimum wage. All right, so play that out. Come for a second. on, play that out for a second. I Look, mean, so here, here's this is a, again Thomas Sowell argument. So yeah. if I if I have to pay, say a law clerk fifty dollars an hour, <laughs> I'm not going to hire the brand new, un no experience person looking to enter the field. Honestly, I'm not going to hire that person. Might I'm not well, going to do it. Might as well hire a lawyer. I might as well hire a lawyer. I'll get a lot more out of it yeah. if I'm going to have to pay that much. Yeah, and he so or she my can incentive go to, court. to pay a law clerk is to say, "Look, I will pay you ten bucks an hour." Yeah, and they're going to say, "Well, that's not enough." Because my buddy, I'll say, "Fine, go work somewhere else." But yeah. I'll pay you ten bucks an hour, and guess what? You're going to get experience. You're going to learn how to do things. And next year, I'll pay you a little bit more. And next year after that, I'll pay you a little bit more. And if you pass the bar, maybe I'll bring you on as a full blown lawyer, and Absolutely. then you can keep moving up the ranks. Right. But if you set the bar too high for me to ever have an incentive to hire a law clerk then nobody ever gets an experience. Now, who does this hurt the most? It hurts the it hurts the underprivileged and the minorities the most. They don't get the first job at McDonald's right. because if you're McDonald's, you're not going to hire the the young kid who has no. zero experience no. for 50 bucks an hour. You might as well hire somebody who's worked, right. you know? I talked to a Wendy's franchisee owner and she told me that she has 25 employees because she can't hire them full time, right? Mm-hmm. Because of the benefits. It's cost too much. That's where I was going in so my, my head with the fifty dollars an hour. Because, that's the next yep. because yep. they have made the burden of benefits yeah. too heavy. Now, if it goes to fifty bucks an hour, this restaurateur in California was on the tube yesterday saying after he factored fifty dollars an hour and the current cost of uh, supplies and, and raw materials, that a steak just at an average steakhouse would be three hundred dollars, mm-hmm. and he said you'll put every restaurant in California out of business. Out of business. I mean, yeah. they're done. Right. I this mean, is this is look. I, I guess I'm not a pure libertarian, but people should go read Atlas Shrugged because this this is the this is the. Uh, so I'm not like Ayn Rand. Right. Complete. Uh, I don't buy it completely, but that's what's going on. Right. Eventually, they're all going to leave. They have to leave. They're going to have to leave and go somewhere else and create their own version of what works. And it might be Texas. It might be a different state. I mean, if there's anything that's happening right now that's sort of interesting to me, it is this sorting of culture within our country by state. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I had a debate uh, upstairs with somebody who was a friend of mine at one point, and she would say, you know, it's just, she was like completely on the other side. We're very dear friends, but she was completely on the other side. And she's like, well, this is just going to result in, in, you know, we're just going to, I'm just, we're just going to have to go to our own states. And do, you know, the people that think this will go one place in the country, people are going to, I was like, yeah, we used to have that. It was <laughs> called federalism. You know, you could go, right. we had an, it, we had the United States of America right. that could sort of function based on the geography, based on the culture, based on who was there, based on what was necessary. They didn't have this jackboot cramming down on their throats from right. the, from Washington, D.C., right. how they should live. Right. And, you know, they're, they're, and then we had this constitution that sort of created a 
uh, maybe bumpers for that. Yeah, a baseline. You, yeah, you, yeah. you of, couldn't of what your you rights couldn't are. do too much either way, but yep. you could live within this That's and right. believe what you want, pr- pray to the God you like, and you know whatever it would be, yeah. and the government wouldn't wouldn't uh, screw with you. Yeah. Now, now it got so homogenized, like the, the the everything is so homogenized. They're not happy with you not supporting abortion norm. They you have to. Yes. And vice versa right. on any other issue. They want you to believe what they believe. Right. And they want to cram that down as governmental, national, federal governmental policy. And we have lost our idea, this notion of federalism. And, you know, and if you look at the big parallel, I've used this argument before, you look at the big parallel of what sort of killed the Roman Empire, it's when they stopped, when they tried to force down um, edicts from above on everybody, it crumbles, right? Right. Because it doesn't flex anymore. And look how puny we've gotten in terms of the federal government's nose in your business, that they tell you what kind of light bulb you're allowed to what buy. What kind of shower heads you can use. What kind of toilet Toilets capacity. And, yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable. It's insane. It's insane. It's insane. It's insane. What kind of car you can drive. I mean, it's just, we're into crackpot territory. What you can listen to in your podcast right. news. I mean, if people think that's not going on, it is. Well, sure Jim, is. Jim Jordan, a congressman from Ohio, revealed this week that the White House met with Amazon to get Amazon not to promote and not to sell certain books. So you talk, you know, the D's like to talk about the Republicans being banning books, book burners, Florida book burners, because they don't want to have a penthouse uh, letters to the editor book in a grade school library. Okay. The, the Republicans and the mothers out there are not burning books. They're just saying, we don't want certain books available yeah, to children. It's important. See, this is, again, this Orwellian school. nonsense where they say you're banning books. It's like, no, that's not really what's going on. We, we are regulating what is appropriate age, what for children. Children age school at different levels, too. So, yeah. look, in my high school library, I had different books that were in my uh, K through 5 library. Absolutely. My right. elementary school library. Yeah, right, right. Right. It's not banning books. And I could always go to the bookshelf at any library and get any book. Right. You know, nobody would stop me. I mean, yeah. and it's still nobody's stop me. You want to go buy a book on uh, critical race theory or go uh, lease one out from a library? Go do it. And the books, the books, the White House didn't want Amazon to sell. Yeah, let's, let's hear this We're, list. Uh, the, well, uh, it, it, this particular meeting, and, and Jordan says he has more examples, but the one he revealed this week were, was, uh, were books Again, about the COVID situation, mm-hmm. and they were books by doctors, books by researchers, books by people who used to work for the CDC. Yeah. And these people were writing books about how bad the COVID plague, if you will, was being managed. Criticizing the government, right? Oh. Now, if, what could be more? What is more relevant to the First exactly. Amendment than criticizing the government? Right. This is what the First Amendment was written exactly. for. Exactly right. I mean, it, it, this is like, it couldn't be more offensive to me on any level. Right. Any speech hmm. criticizing the government is absolutely free speech. It is. I mean, we got rid of all that nonsense or, or just people that want to write about you know all that sedition crap it's the, like the you, medical treatments like like some of the doctors were publishing books about why the mask mandates didn't make sense from a scientific point of view why closing down grade schools didn't make sense they had they had there were several books out but you couldn't buy them on amazon well and wow. you couldn't get them elsewhere so here's another interesting thing back then i when the pandemic first started there was like a flip flop going on about masks 
And the first right. the first yeah. message was even with Fauci, ma- yeah, no masks. And then right. the second message was masks. And then the third message was no masks. And then masks were mandated. And you should have double, triple right. masks. And then now they say, well, that was all nonsense. They didn't help anyway. And well, disinfecting our fingers, right anything first, you touched. But right when it first started, I got online and early, yeah, early, like right at the beginning. Yeah, right, right. and I researched masks. Yeah, for med- in medical journals, I just Googled it. Yeah, and I found about a dozen, a half a dozen articles, and there was a study I read that basically said, and I for, it was like the New England Journal of Medicine, one of those. Oh, it was yes. And it basically said, look, w- there is no, uh, we can't conclude that masks, and it well, had nothing to do with COVID, by the way. It was nothing, like a surgical exactly. setting. Right. They said, right. we can't really conclude that in a hospital wearing a mask does anything, but it makes people feel good, was essentially the message. Yes. And it gives people this security that we're so used to wearing, so we're gonna, we're, that's why we do it. Right. Um, we have to do something. Well, this is back in, and this is a study back from like 2010 or something. Right. And uh, what was interesting is I looked for that study later because I was arguing with somebody about it, and I couldn't find it. Poof. So Steve, I could now maybe you, just I wasn't looking in the same place, but you know I'm you, not a good Google researcher. I just Googled medical studies on masks. I know we're going down a little side trail here, mm. but you are you are so on target that the World Health Organization's standing uh, practice when it comes to respiratory pandemics was pre-COVID was no masks, and that's what Fauci came out initially and mm-hmm. said. He said, look, CDC, WHO says masks don't work for a respiratory pandemic. It, they have, they're not efficacious. Yep. So they, they both, the WHO and Fauci, the CDC, flipped, as you say, because the idea that it, it, it provides that we're doing something. Like, so you like, have to wonder why. Like, psychologically. Why did they care? Who was making money? Because it's always yeah. money, power, ego, right? Yeah. So like, is it the power? Was it they just wanted to see if they could force us to wear masks? I, I, because there, there's it? no why? money in masks because the masks weren't even being made well, there here. Were, there were some money in masks because the government was giving them away. So even the government the mold, was buying. So somebody had a grant okay. somewhere All to right. either import them. But you're there's, right. They weren't being. Some, right. I, look, there's you money might be being right. moved around. You're right. Yeah. Money's moving somewhere. It's yeah. sort of like the 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 shot. Yeah. It's like, why right. did the government care so much you got a shot? And then you look at the deals, because they got huge deals to oh, yeah. buy all these freaking doses sure. of this crap. Right. Com- um, companies Fauci was invested in. And he's invested. Right. And they're investing. Mm-hmm. Somebody was making money. I, I don't know, Brett, how the money worked. I would only but, bet. But it moved. It uh, Brett, moved around. Brett, remember, the government was giving. I have them upstairs. I got boxes of oh, those yeah. damn things mm-hmm. still to this mm-hmm. day. Well, and, and sure. Brett, Brett, to Brett's point, uh, even the MyPillow guy was making masks. Well, then, yeah, you know, jumping on it because they, they could, needed yeah. contractors wonder, right. to produce them. Right, then right. you wonder, yeah. then you wonder, and this is, we're going down another rabbit hole. Yeah. Here, but, um, remember, I, I remember running my business upstairs and I just sat in my office like, I ain't wearing no freaking mask. Not in my office. I own the building. Right. This is my four walls. Right. And then people are like, well, they can come in and check. <laughs> wow. Well, who is they? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They can check. So people can just walk into my building. I'm like, well, where does that fit within the Fourth Amendment? Yeah. yeah. And this is where you run into this administrative search danger. This is the brown shirt syndrome right. where, all right, they're not really cops. They're sort of administrative agents and they have the authority, executive authority, by the way, the, the authority Biden claims he, he can't use to close down the border, but they have executive authority right. uh, to come search you for masks or whether you're doing, you're running your business the right way. And it's like, it never happened. And meanwhile, it was like this philosophical thought that I had. And meanwhile, it has been conclusively uh, proven through testimony and and through FBI's own records that the FBI's out there talking to big tech, trying to suppress 
all of this discussion about the alternatives. Yeah. I mean, and, and now we find out Amazon, too, is suppressing this, free this speech. Stalin-esque It stuff. is totally. Well, and, and, you know, big picture, this is going to happen again in another 80 years. No question. Every, every, every 100 years. That. There's already a protocol oh, yeah. in place. We've established protocols right. now. So That's right. we can't learn. And I've said this through the whole process. We're not going to learn from this no. because of information suppressed. No. Right. What good or bad in misinformation or disinformation or good information? It doesn't matter. It all has to kind of go in this big pot and boil it up. And what came out of it? We're not going to learn from we're, this. We're short, short premise. Short term. You have to yeah. premise Memory. that point with the notion that people want to learn from it the truth. They did not want to learn the truth from it. They knew the truth and they suppressed it. And, or at least they knew that there were counter uh, ideas to what their truth was and they suppressed those ideas. Damn. So you have to wonder why they did that. What is the, what is the power structure? What, what is making that, what is fueling that? Yeah. And so it, look, the government is smart enough to know the stuff that we know here. When they said bodies were stacking up, they weren't, <laughs> you know, it's like right. when they yeah. said people were dying, uh, you know, it's like they, that mass didn't work. They knew that. So why didn't they, it's not that they didn't learn the truth. I think there's a there's an element of the governmental, uh, we'll call it the deep state or the administrative state. Yeah. They didn't want the truth. Right. They wanted it. They had their own uh, incentives. All right. And yeah. I, I remember what they were setting up the convention center with all these tents for everybody that was going to, you know, the big wave that was going to happen. They were all going to die. Or, you know, get extremely sick. Get out, you know, whatever the case might be. And kind of looking back on it kind of now, like it, it's that, okay, we're going to set up a scenario where worst case doomsday, but it didn't happen. Thank God we were prepared, though. Thank God for the government helping us prepare oh, yeah. for that. Oh, that yeah. it didn't, Thank God we for didn't have me to away do. from right. work. And, I, it, it has yeah, the I smell. Should. It has the smell of that. It just right. does, you know, because right. we're all kind of going, "Oh my God, the yeah, convention Big Brother centers, saved us. It, it's going to be full of bodies, but it never did." And again, right. I'm glad it didn't. I'm, I'm glad it static. Di- it didn't. I'm glad Big, it didn't. Big Brother saved us, but, right? But yeah. I think it turned into Big Brother saved us, though. No, so you right. guys, yeah. you guys remember from Roman history what the origin of the word decimate is? It was, you know, when you're taking over a country or when you're disciplining your your troops that you kill one out of every 10 people in other words the, the deci- de- decimate oh, one out okay. of every, and that's what they predicted for yeah. covid yeah. was 10 percent loss of the population they scared the bejesus out of people saying one out of every 10 people you know so you look around are like going to die friend, you're going to are going to die from right. this yeah well and they also turned the the conversation we've probably talked about this before in regards to now that the terminology is you died from covid you did not die from covid not right. you died from complications brought on by covid and it was right. maybe a or heart attack died, or you died with you covid in your and, system there right. was a case of a motorcyclist who you was died de- with covid he was decapitated right. Right. he died from blood loss because his head was separated from his torso it's a covid related death but it was co- it was which, counted as a covid which death which messes with the numbers <laughs> in regards to the reality we were of what about happened. that down here at the round table and people were pissed at me. They were pissed with right. the X checker, Jared. Mm-hmm. We were all down here right. and people were furious. You're going to get people killed right. and you right. don't get this vaccine. You're going to kill others. Right. Like yeah. I, I went to my doc and he's like, so you're going to get the vaccine. It was, it was a normal checkup. And right. I was like, no, no. And he says, well, you know, any questions about it? No, no. Hasn't know. been I, tested. Not even I, on rats. I didn't even say that though. I just said, no, no questions. Yeah. Right. Anything I can tell you about it? Mm, no. Well, you can tell me that uh, Johnson and Johnson has been uh, relieved of any liability, right? Well, in, in case it backfires. But listen, so how I guess finishes. I don't want to take. But that. listen, how this finishes, and and he goes, well, you know, 
we're just uh, we're encouraging everybody to get it. I was like, yeah, yeah, I know. And you don't want it. Nope. And then he says it. Well, you know it only works if everybody gets it. Hey, here we go. And right. I just said, yeah. I said, Doc, Bullshit. you could not have told me anything worse if you're trying to get me to take this shot. You could not have said anything worse. So save that one for somebody else. Honestly. (laughs) Right, right, right. And I'm friends. I mean, it was my doctor. But I haven't been back. (laughs) Well, uh, just a a quick note back on the border for a second. Uh, Uh, So our our, uh, Secretary of Homeland Security, uh, Alejandro Mayorkas was uh, impeached, impeached by the House by a margin of one vote, which is another like again a split hand. Republican vote on this. I mean, I, this well, no, is, no, no. I mean, I mean, it was only two or three Republicans, but the point is, like uh, well, no, Johnson but, and uh, who is it? The, the the guy in New York. I mean, the Republicans have frittered their margin in the House down. That's what I mean. They've to split, so right. to so few yeah. votes that if and they look, lose two or three. They lose a. They lose. And the question is the legislation. And, and look, so when people say, they "Oh, did he was impeached," yeah. it doesn't mean it because the Senate's never going to convict him. They're not going to convict him. And you know, so look, but I guess I heard uh, I heard Ben Shapiro talking about this. This isn't my idea, but he's like, you know, the Dems sort of started this path where you have we have reduced impeachment to a political tool. Yes. And and guess what? You play stupid games, you get stupid prizes, and that's yeah. what's happened here. The, the Dems started tinkering with this. We're impeaching people for whatever you want, for not high crimes and misdemeanors. So now we have get impeachments left and right, and no, nothing ever happens so, with it. He lost his job, though, right? So, no. 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 I misread that. No. Okay. So okay. He, here's the thing. Really, what they're pissed about, they're and what I'm down. pissed about with Mayorkas, is is he is a dissembler. He's not telling the truth. It, 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 this is a policy difference and a constitutional disregard of the administration's, you know, duty. And what Republicans, I think, they never would have impeached this guy if he would have appeared at the hearings and just said, you know, guys, we have a complete policy disagreement with you, right? We are, in fact, encouraging illegal immigration. We are accommodating it. We want to expedite it. But they're lying about that, right? That's yeah. A, it's like I mean, the lies, you know, dude, lies, dude, damn lies. Dude, you, we won't impeach you. Just tell us the truth about what your policy really is. Well, then they still and might get impeached because they're, they're, that's, that policy well, they violates would impeach the law. Biden. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> that, that policy violates the law. Yeah. yeah. He's carrying out what Biden wants. at least wants. isn't enforcing the law that's in place. That's right. right. Yeah. They're impeaching the wrong guy is my point. There, it, this is a guy who works he's a for figurehead getting fired. He's he works for Joe Biden. This is Joe Biden's policy or somebody's. Well, it's the administration's I policy, mean, and the administration Joe is Joe Biden. Well, but Joe Biden. I mean, anybody who watched that press conference last week, yeah, office rocker. I mean, and look, it's almost like sad. I mean, yeah, if you watch it, that, it so is. the the federal government or the Department of Justice comes out with a study, yeah, or a uh, a report. Right. That says, look, we've we've investigated Joe Biden's uh, handling of classified documents, just like we did Donald Trump's. And yes, it is true that Joe Biden had uh, classified documents, not like the super highly most classified ever, but classified to the extent that Trump's had classified. They documents. were about Ukraine. They they had documents that were classified. Yeah, and Biden's answers to the questions were, um, let's just say, uh, not helpful for his defense. Right. Like he, he, he uh, told actually a book writer that was helping him write a book. Yeah, I got classified documents. They're down in my file cabinet, just like Trump did. Um, well, he, he had the them. big exception. 
Trump was president and had the right to declassify. Biden was a vice no, no, president. We're talking after he's president. No, 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 no. Look, when look, Trump look, took look. those documents, he was still president. When he was asked about him, he wasn't. So, and at any rate, so he, mm. so the idea that Trump could have declassified them before he took them and kept them. At well, Mar-a-Lago, that's what his claim is. Well, he didn't though. He didn't declassify them. No, he's he's well, okay. We're getting into a difference. This, this doesn't matter. Yeah. So the point is, I Biden, would say he did. You would say he didn't. That's fine. All right, we'll, yeah. get, we'll debate that later. Yeah. The, the, yeah. the, Biden has no good answers. They find like in a torn up box next to his Corvette or something in his garage, right. more declassified documents after he said they were all safely stored. Right. And they say, but this is different. We can't really prosecute this because our opinion is Biden's not competent to stand trial or words to that effect. So he, right. his, uh, his mental capacity, his memory, his ability to sort of appreciate this leads us to conclude that if we tried to present this to a jury, they would just look at him like some sympathetic, doddering old man who can't remember anything anymore. Yeah. Well, look, anybody who looks at this and says, wow, <laughs> what does that wow. say about his competency to be the president right. would have to ask? And this is back to our New Year's predictions. Yep. So I wonder, <laughs> I wonder, is this the Department of Justice? Is this sort of the deep state saying, this is our way to sort of wedge him or push him out of the way and and get somebody else to run. Right. And maybe so, but apparently Biden went on board with that because he's going to get up there and almost like they baited him to right. get up and right. and not and have a press conference like after his bedtime normally. Yeah. And 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 profess to the world that he's right. competent. Right. And then he bumbles it like almost like so embarrassingly bumbles it that it's almost incomprehensible what he's saying. Mm. One of the things mm. the the most um uh, I guess, uh, explosive uh, thing that he claimed was that uh, Robert Herr asked him all kinds of questions to mix him up about his son Bo's death. And it yeah. has turned out that NBC News, of all outlets, um, which is a Biden cheerleading organization, NBC News has now confirmed and um, independently, other news organization, organizations have confirmed through White House leaks that it was Joe Biden himself who brought up the death of his son, Bo. He always does, right? That's like his go. That's Robert, his uh, trope. And, and yeah. if they release the tapes of the interview with President Biden, it will be revealed that Robert Hur did not ask him questions about his son, Bo. Biden brought it up. He brought up. So Biden's defense of that was like, wait a minute. I mean, the, this attack on How Israel just you? happened. How dare you? Make How dare you? Right. Yeah. You're, 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 you're asking me about my dead son. How could you do that to a grieving so father? In, in, he brought it up. In criminal defense, if I'm representing a client, if I were representing Joe Biden, I am duty bound. I would be duty bound to bring to the attention of the court the fact that I think my client may not be competent to stand trial. Yes. Um, and that's a duty. It's a professional and ethical obligation. Right. And the reason is, is that we consider it very, very uh, constitutionally, inappropriate is not the right word, a, bi- a major constitutional problem to prosecute somebody who's not competent. Yes. You know, and it's not sure. fair, in other words. Yes. It's a due process problem. Right. And there's, there's centuries of law on this. Yes. Uh, so I would bring it to the court's attention. The court would appoint, by statute, a psychologist to conduct an evaluation to determine if my client is fit to stand trial. Right, right. And the standard at that juncture would be, is my client able to understand and comprehend the charges, understand and comprehend the process, and then assist me in the defense? 
and you know they'll you'll send them off, and these people will get evaluated, and I get a report back, and I can either agree to the report, I can disagree with the report, I can ask for another one, I can hire my own. Yeah. And if I were representing Joe Biden, I would absolutely, absolutely. do this. I've represented a, an elderly gentleman who was accused of some sexual misconduct one time, you know, 20 years ago on a stepdaughter or something, and it was a delayed allegation. And when I met with my client, his wife, then wife, not the, it was, uh, he'd been remarried. She, she said, look, I need you to know he's at early onset Alzheimer's here. Yeah. And he's going to, he may appear to you that he understands, but he won't. And the case just declined rapidly. Eventually mm-hmm. I had the case dismissed because it just, he declined to a point where he had no idea what was going on. Yeah. He asked, you know, yeah. he would go out to buy paint for a project that was 50 years old. You know, it's like, yeah. He didn't know what was going on. And I, I, this isn't to say, this isn't a criticism of Biden. It is a fact, I think. I would have him evaluate. So now I would ask, why aren't we doing that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, you know, to your point, your prediction about filling the void of Biden probably. Right. This is an easy way to sort of push him away. I heard last week filling the void will be Michelle Obama. I've heard that a couple places, too. I mean, you got Gavin Newsom, Michelle Obama. Who's yeah. the dude we always forget his name from Minnesota? Um <sighs> Yeah, we should write that down so we know. We keep saying yeah, that. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm being, I'm being a smart but, aleck. But I heard that this week, and I thought of you. I was like, wow, that's that's a wild card. So Bi- Biden's going to be Jeez. in East Palestine, Ohio today. I'm not going at Palestine. No. Uh, this is not, you know, uh, <laughs> this is not, to, I'm not Igor, and you're not yeah. Dr. Frankenstein. Right. right. Well, so, and, uh, and, and the question. It's East Palestine. Igor, and, 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 the, and the question thrown at him, is he going to drink the water? Yeah. Is he going to drink the water? I'm thinking, really, reporters, that's what you got to ask. Dean Phillips. That's, Dean Phillips. Yeah, Dean Phillips. Yeah. Dean so Phillips. he he is going to he's going to do uh. something outrageous in East Palestine. Yeah, I, I, but so he's here today. He's here in Ohio today. He's mm. going to he you know one year too late. Uh, he's going to go out there and uh, I don't know talk about. I'm, I'm sure he's going to bring a lot of federal dollars. And he's going to sprinkle it around and make some announcements and whatever. Yeah, so, it's yeah. it's all nonsense. It's I mean, all nonsense. it's all political did he, nonsense. Did, did he point. ride the train out here? <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> like, so I mean, looking at this and back, back to our prediction. And and I always look. I, I hate to ascribe sinister motives to stuff that you can usually explain with incompetence, but I see a motive here. Like DOJ saying it's time to get rid of this guy, so we're going to drop this bombshell of report and and basically create. Uh, a path for somebody else to come in mm-hmm. and like after after the report and his display at this conference or at this uh, press conference how yeah. can anybody say right that he is fit to be president yeah, like, how it. can you he's timing off. timing's pretty good if you think about it yeah. it's not october it's plenty of time it's for somebody February. to sort of step right in it might be michelle obama it might or be whoever, Gavin whatever. Newsom, it might be dean phillips it might That's be whoever it is interesting it's like now the deep state has chosen the president. That's yeah, my conspiracy yeah. theory of the day. But or chosen it, the Democratic. But candidate. if that gentleman is not fit to serve, we don't need him in there. I don't care what. I don't care I don't what care party who it is. Who it was? I don't. Yeah, not exactly. Like, this guy's got Alzheimer's, or like, clearly he's got uh, oh, age-related dementia. He's senile. Yeah, he's got right. age-related dementia. Folks, I'm not going to say Alzheimer's. You know, we were worried about Reagan the last couple of years. As we should have been. As we should have been. Well, they right. were they the media required Trump to take a mental mental oh, competency. Yeah. Remember this, and Trump did, and he did. Right? No, they didn't require it; they baited him to do it. Yeah. They dared well, him to do yeah. it. Exactly yeah. right. I'm saying the media, in their way, compelled it, and uh, Trump Trump did it, and he passed it. And, he passed it. And, and Biden, and look, Biden, won't even do Biden, this. four years ago was a totally different guy. I mean, like, yeah. totally different. Totally different. You just look at him. Well. 
the you know, serving in that office takes its toll. Irrespective of how old you are. It doesn't right. matter. Not if you were 25 years old, you're going to walk out a 29-year-old, 50-year-old. Yeah, look at everybody before and after, all the pictures. They're, they're so obvious. Oh, my gosh. So the 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 uh, Georgia case against Trump, <laughs> speaking of Take Trump. Take a load off Fanny. Right. <laughs> we should publish that again. Take a load on Fanny. Take a load for free. Put the load on Fanny and... Take the load right off me. That could be Nathan Wade's testimony. Yeah. Because what Fanny is claiming is when they went on these lover vacations, that uh, Nathan Wade, the prosecutor she appointed to go after Trump. To the tune of how much money? Uh, he's, so far, he's been paid three quarters of a million dollars. All right, that's pretty good. That's a pretty good sign. And he's contract. an ambulance chasing lawyer. He's not a prosecutor. Okay. No. Okay. So. The question, the question in this, uh, in this, uh, before the the judge to decide whether or not to throw this guy off the case, was well, Mr. Wade, there are receipts uh, in real time when you were on vacation off your credit card that you paid for this, you paid for that, you paid for the other thing, and so Fanny, who is with you, is deriving a direct benefit of enriching you so that she can go on vacation. Like that's just one thing. And Fanny's defense to this is, oh, I reimbursed him with cash. So actually, he didn't pay anything. Her real defense, Norm, is racism. Oh, well. How dare you accuse a black woman trying to do her job and survive in this world of such corruption? So I'll try an imitation. Literally, that was her speech. I'm not going to emasculate a black man. Oh, come on. Hey, listen, I'm so far past all of this. She is a very well-compensated Corruption is colorblind. Exactly right. She is. She's making a ton of money in one of the uh, richest and largest counties in the uh, United well, look, States. I don't care. And if, she's playing the race card. I Give don't me a care break. if Give she's been discriminated against. I mean, I care, but I don't care for this person. If she's been discriminated against, she's suffered racism, all of it. But right. it's not a defense to this. Um, these, right. these accusations, like you can't do what she has accused of doing. No. If it's true irrespective of what color your skin is. You cannot do it. Well, and the, the, to, to play the cash game is the old mobster defense. I mean, that's, I mean, that's the classic thing you say to the IRS. I'm not allowed to buy a Coke for a politician in a round of golf. Exactly right. I can't. Right. Like, oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, you, you can't even do that. But she is claiming she went on these elaborate vacations, and in real time, she didn't take money out of her bank to, in cash. So she has no receipts or anything, but Nothing, yet right. she is saying, because my daddy told Look. me to have six months worth of cash sitting around the house, she is saying, oh, actually, Nathan didn't pay for those vacations, so I derived no benefit by hiring him. I reimbursed him dollar even, for dollar. Even short of that, Bullshit. the mm-hmm. fact that Bullshit. she hires her love interest is corrupt enough. Well, of course. Right. So, but now if you're cl- now if she's if she's got a benefit from it, and, and I've talked to friends of mine who have golfed with people in Congress, uh, either state or federal levels, and you know what, the the honest ones won't even let you buy them a sandwich because it's reportable, and it's not you just have to that, report that. It's not just mm-hmm. that I. The, here's what the, the, I think. The, more to the point, though, Norm. Uh, it's not that I won't let you buy me a sandwich. It's it's that I have to buy it myself because I don't want there to be any question. I'm not going to let you buy it and then give you cash. No doubt. They are careful enough to say, I'm going to document every single penny of this because right. they know. So I was a lobbyist. Because the, the anal probe hurts. It I hurts, was a right. lobbyist. Yeah, no. I had to fill out those forms. The forms go to the Ohio Inspector General's office, 
and you sign them and you notarize them and it it, it is a form of um, assertion that has penalties uh, you know I under the law I can't send poinsettias to the courthouse there was there was uh, there, hmm. that, that kind of stuff used to happen at Christmas time we'd send poinsettias over you send Christmas cards you send cookies and and M&Ms or whatever and you, I can't even bake cookies and deliver them to courthouses where the judges and the staff works even as a thank you legitimately not looking for anything in return of course because the Ohio Ethics Commission is going to crawl up your backside right. and charge you with ethics violations and those are crimes right yeah mm. um so another big story and then I definitely want to get to some criminal stuff Steve uh that I need you to uh, comment about please but uh I can't let this go. This is probably the biggest story that broke this week. Um, Matt Taibbi and Michael Schellenberger, who are two, uh, you know, liberal journalists, but but very careful journalists, they have revealed that it was the CIA that initiated the first moves on the chessboard for Russia Gate for the idea that Trump and Putin were in collusion somehow. Hmm. And the way they did that, according to their reporting, is the CIA would do something called bumping. Bumping is when you have somebody from a foreign country inadvertently uh, meet with uh, a target. And so, for example, if you have uh, sitting at the bar, if you have a a guy – uh, talking to somebody from the Australian embassy and the, and the person from the Australian embassy is in on it, which is what uh, Taibbi and Schellenberger claim uh, in, in regards to uh, Papadopoulos, George Papadopoulos, one of Trump's advisors. They're sitting at a bar. This guy brings up out of nowhere, oh, hey, supposedly Trump, uh, you know, rented a room in Moscow and hired prostitutes. Right. So they the CIA documents that uh, Papadopoulos has been bumped. Then they waddled down the street to the FBI and they say, "Okay, you guys are in charge of internal investigation. We have 26 Trump targets that were bumped by external foreign uh, agents or foreign people. So FBI here, you take it over. And this whole thing was orchestrated as a campaign within the CIA, according to these two journalists. Um, and guess what? The files at Langley, which were there, have now disappeared. Imagine that. Imagine so you have that. to ask why. Right. Why would the CIA, what was the impetus well, the to sw- do this? The swamp. It, that's yeah, the no, I mean, I'm asking somewhat rhetorically. It's right. like, you know, the, the answer, there's no answer to that. And this was when Obama was president. So this is well. Remember, Trump went after Obama on the uh, birth birther scandal and all that other nonsense. Yeah, right. Right. And right. So there was no love lost early on, and right, there's this. Right. There's this. Uh, but Trump event. didn't do any of that when he was president. No, correct. But so, there was this event where Obama was, was sort of insulted Trump and it's like, and made this speech, and Trump was in the audience. He's like, "Well, I just encourage him to run for president." So for I'm the worried about these other things. For the record, on the birth certificate. The handwritten birth certificate has never been produced. Right. It was always fishy. It It was a computerized reduction of the birth certificate that Obama released. Yeah. I mean, look, it it, it became this little back and forth game between Trump and Obama. Obama thought he got the last word when he said, I'm worried about other things and running the country instead of worrying about my birth certificate. So I laid that to rest one 
Hey, you want to run for run for president? Get the votes, and and then Trump beat him, and that that pissed everybody off. Well, Obama had you know beat them. I say Obama. Right. Obama was giving speeches during RussiaGate about how you could not use the organs of government like the CIA and the FBI to go after your political enemies. After he did the same thing for turn, turn, four turn, years. Turns out, turns out, right? Yeah. Anybody just go go research the Gibson Guitar Factory. Yeah, exactly. There, I, I will just we, well, I, I will I will bump everybody. Well, we did the show on. We did that. Go, yeah, go research. That's right. I, I, that's I, right. I, there's my bump. Anyway, yeah. So we got um, some criminal cases. Hmm. Yeah. So. Uh, this defamation, I should say legal cases, this defamation case uh, with E. Jean Carroll, the author for Playboy and Elle, uh, who claimed that during her, when she was in her 50s, she cannot name the year. And this is, this is her testimony. Uh, so I'm not making any of this up. That during the testimony about this alleged uh, sexual uh, predation by Trump, at the Bergdorf Goodman department store in New York City. She said because of this incident where, with Trump where he attempted to rape her in a dressing room, she says that she lost all interest in sex from that moment on for the rest of her life. And yet she can't remember even the year it happened. Right. She said 1993, 1995, Ish. 1996, ish. And then there's emails between her and girlfriends. One email says, and I quote directly, this is from her. As soon as we're well enough to scheme, we must do our patriotic duty. And, 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 and then there's the Law and Order show, which she has watched, where a character talks about raping a woman in a dressing room as a woman tries on lingerie, which is the exact fact pattern that E. Jean Carroll claims. So long story short, the original trial finds that Trump has to pay her $2 million. He wasn't charged criminally. $2 million, though, civilly for sex abuse and $3 million for defamation. He continues to deny her claims, calls her a nut, she sues him a second time for defamation once again, and the jury gives her $83 million. Mm-hmm. And what I am saying as a common man, exercising common sense. Like this is all in New York too, by the way. So if I'm Brett Kavanaugh or I'm Donald Trump and I am legitimately, just for sake of argument, not guilty of what these women have claimed. Well, you're denying the you're conduct. Den- why can't I talk about? Why can't I say she's a nut? Look, this I is going to be a free, this Look, th- this you've got to be kidding me. Defamation of character and the slander and this kind of these kind of torts. And by torts, I mean I am suing you yeah. for things you said about me. Yes, those those types of torts, causes of action, always conflict with the First Amendment. It doesn't mean one trumps the other. No pun intended. But that's the analysis. Yes. What if I have a right of free speech to say what I want. You have a right not to be defamed. And the law has to sort of sort that out. Yeah. And one of the things that everybody has probably heard is truth is a defense. So if what you say is true, uh, that's a defense. It also matters if you're a public figure or not. Public figures are, giving le- are given less protection by the law. Because you've put yourself out there as a public figure. Uh, and, then, and, you're, and the damage can be much more because of what you say. Uh, well, you get less protection as a public figure right. because you have intentionally put yourself out there as a right. public figure. Right, right. But what you say could hurt more because you're a public figure, so you have less protection. 
Correct. Right. What I you, guess I'm, I'm Well, I'm, I think I'm, what they're I'm saying is you, you have sort of given up some of your right of privacy because you've chosen to make yourself Correct. a public figure. Right, that, right. That might be the policy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then you have it, the other side of the coin where in my, say, my private business, so if, I, if Norm, you slander me at, in my business, well, that I get more protection there if it's not true. So it's like that, that becomes, I don't even have to prove your intent. Right. Uh, it just is. Right. So I always, when this is, this is why anybody who has ever, um, if you're an employer and you've asked for a reference from another employer and you get an answer like, yes, that person worked here between January and February of whatever dates. Yeah, but can you tell me about this person's performance? All I can tell you is that person worked here between January and February right. of whatever right. dates because right. they don't want to say anything bad. Yeah. Um, and because they're worried about slander and these other things. So, yeah. uh, I, look, how does this sort out? It looks to me like Trump is targeted in New York, and this is obviously a homer uh, jurisdiction against Trump. You can do whatever you want in New York, and Trump will lose. Uh, and they're trying to bankrupt him. And yeah. I don't know what the Court of Appeals in New York will do. These aren't really, I don't know if this will filter all the way up to the U.S. Supreme Court or not on some of these First Amendment issues. I'm not familiar with the litigation. But it will be interesting to watch because if you if this can happen to Trump, it can happen to anybody. It's literally a he said, she said situation. Now, Trump has never done himself any favors with his comments, with his Twitter feed, with his, with his, you know, he's never done himself any favors. If you call Trump a dummy, he comes over the top and it, it will, I've always said, he's the guy, like we all knew the guy, but there's nothing, if you get in a, if you get in a fight and you go in your car and you get a, a tire iron, he's going to go get a big right. chain. And if sure. you get your chain, he's going to get a gun. You right. get a gun, he's going to get a bazooka. All Trump I can, always comes back all I can say, Steve, is I've never raped anybody. And if a woman came out of nowhere that I either knew beforehand or had just met or maybe never met, and she said, um, she she takes me to court, right, mm-hmm. uh, charges me with sex, uh, some kind of sexual uh, predator uh, kind of thing, uh, civilly, okay, and then I get on TV, right, and I deny everything, and I'm outraged by it, and I call her a nut, right? Mm-hmm. Why shouldn't I be allowed to do that? I think you should be allowed to do that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Come I think on. you should be. I think you should be allowed to do that, whether you did it or not. Look, and and then you have to look. You, so then, like, so take this I, to a I don't care. Realm. I don't care that Trump pisses is people off. Tort, he is allowed to defend himself in the public square. Well, I, what I'm saying is, he is permitted to piss people off. Absolutely. But so what? that right. invites conflict. And this is like, so, and that matters. I'm not, so we've got two questions. What does the law prevent and what does the law permit? Right. And then how should we behave and conduct ourselves to avoid these kind of problems? Right. So I would never blame a woman for being date raped, but you, but there is a world where you can avoid putting yourself at, at risk posi- situation. So I'm not going to walk down the street holding a stack of money in the middle of the night, in the middle of the city, mm-hmm. and then complain that I'm a victim of crime. I'm just not going to do those things. Right. So, look, Trump is putting himself out there in a way that he is inviting, or he's pissing people off on purpose and inviting a counterattack. I'm not saying that he's wrong in the law, but well, I'm saying he's not doing himself any favors. Well, he, he is didn't inviting do, attack. He didn't do anything that she is calling defamation until after she sued him. Well, sure. So, <laughs> look, if I'm representing yeah. Donald Trump in that scenario, and I'm, he probably wouldn't have listened to me, but I would say keep your damn mouth shut. Well, You've sure got to you. go win this well, case. Sure, well, sure right. you would. Right. Sure right. You Otherwise, you're going to invite more. Right. Yeah. And her, and her case was based on she's lost employment because of of the, of the defamation. Is that correct? 
Well, well, I think she's saying that she's. Yeah, I don't know what. Yes, her there's such a, a an award. The short answer to right? Brett's thought, question is think, yes. Didn't she say that, that? is that is That's one of her claims? The defamation. It all it's like, it's a lot of these things she also requires specific intent. Like so, Trump she published. To do it right. She published a book. It's a man hate book. She published a book in 2019 called, and the title of the book is "What Do We Need Men For?" And then she wrote in that book about this alleged encounter with Trump at the mm. department store. The book comes out. Trump says she's a kook. She's a nut. I, I don't know this woman. I may have met her once or twice, you know, with one, of you know, out on the town at a cocktail party. But I don't know. I don't know her. We had no relationship. And this event didn't happen. Then she sued okay. him. Yeah. And, and, you know, if somebody did that to me. And I felt like saying she's a nut and I don't know her. Think, I'd say it too. Think how helpless, though, you become when the standards of justice bend against you uh, unfairly. Well, what did the New York think, legislature do to help her with this case? They passed a law that for one year period would open up to people who were beyond the statute of limitations. Right, to permit all. Right. To gotcha. permit just during this right. window. Think and when, she when filed the, her case on day one when the window opened. Right. So yeah. think think how this happens. You know, think think what this does when and it's sort of like back to my impeachment argument. It's like, you know, be careful because eventually the devil turns back on you. You know, it's like right. if, if one side's gonna do it, the other side's gonna do it. Right. If there is no standard, this is like this is like when you when people create their own version of truth. So I have my truth, you have your truth. When there is no baseline, when there is no standard, then there is no fairness. So because Steve, we have to be able to we have to be able to build our justice system on some bedrock. So mm-hmm. let me ask you about a possible when this goes up on appeal. What about double jeopardy? The idea that there's a statute of limitations, it had told, it had run. It, 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 she couldn't sue. Well, the, ge- the legislature it's opens. It's not double jeopardy because you know double, jeopardy, you. double okay. jeopardy is criminal in so, nature. So right. you don't think uh, there might any... be a du- there might be another there might be other problems there. So I, look, I'd have to give this some deeper what thought. About, but what about ex post facto? It might be an ex post facto law, but they changed the law. To, it might be an ex post facto law, but again, I don't just for I'd him. I'd have to research whether that requires government action uh, in a criminal setting. So this is a private action so you'd ha- we d- like if you're going to really dig into this you're gonna have to dig into the general or the uh, legislative notes the history everything and uh and try to and look trump's got lawyers i'm sure who are doing this so if, if they created a law that only permit that permitted her to sue him yeah and that was the sole purpose of it now you might arguably have some government action okay um i don't know it's, but that would be good grist for an appeal you think maybe Pretty good. Pretty, pretty. I mean, the idea that they carved it's out one of the issues, right? Is there is there actually a legal cause of action? Where's the equal protection? All all other might per- be an equal protection problem. Yeah, yeah. might be a due process problem. Okay, um, that's one of his issues. The other issues are going to be truth as a defense, or this didn't, you know, whatever. I, you I know, know I'm throwing this. And then, at then you, you've got, but then yeah. you've got the amount of damages are are oh, astronomically come on disproportionate yeah. to what. What's alleged? That's, that's, it was, it's just a kind fun. of a big bill, isn't it? Yeah. yeah and again, where does this number come from? I don't. It's just it's just like we want to bankrupt the guy. I, I, the jury it's to that extreme, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. The and, jury and it, deliberated for two hours. And as, wow. a, as a bigger picture, as a bigger picture problem, all of this is backfiring because the more of this crap, I've always said this. You know, you take a bully, yeah, and then you can beat the bully down so far, but eventually he becomes the victim. Yeah, right. They've Eventually, done that. he becomes the victim. They've done that, and now yeah. this is sort of creating a groundswell of support for Trump. Like, hold on a second, guys, this isn't fair. You can't. 
like go after the guy, but yeah. do it within the bounds of normal fairness and law. It is election interference, and, and it's, it, it it's starts a, to feel that way. That's right. Yeah. It, feels, it, it starts true. to feel that way. True or not, it starts to feel that way. Let me bring this other case. Now, this came out of California. Now, this is criminal, uh, not civil, like the Jean Carroll uh, trial. Um, this young lady, I think she's like uh, 28, 26, something like that. She, she's in her 20s. Her name is Bryn uh, Spicer, or if I may not be pronouncing it right. Bryn Spicer. Bryn Spicer. And uh, she got high with her boyfriend. And uh, pot today is way more potent than it used to be. So, you know, I, 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 I guess I can understand how you could get blown out of your mind uh, smoking pot. Um, and she lost her shit and stabbed her boyfriend 108 times, mm-hmm. killed him, of course. Um, somebody called the cops when the cops showed up, they literally had to take the knife out of her hands because she was starting to cut herself. Mm. Uh, anyway, she was found guilty. Uh, she was convicted of involuntary homicide mm-hmm. is, is the specific California, um, uh, description. She got no jail time, a hundred hours of community service and two years on probation and the judge who uh, decided what the um, sentence would be explained that the reason she got no jail time was because she had diminished capacity uh, and was not responsible uh, for. Well, look, this is as did. old as the hills, temporary insanity. And there used to be a there used to be a defense called voluntary intoxication. Generally speaking, that you got so wasted you couldn't form the mental mens rea element. So I guess we'll look at it this way: crime traditional crime in the western sort of uh, common law tradition uh is you have to have two things you have to have an act called the actus reus which means the thing and then you had to have the mental element or what's called the mens rea so you have to have some degree of intent now the level intent changes depending on the crime so you have to have less intent um for something like um well, no intent for something like speeding. That requires zero intent. It doesn't matter if you meant to do it or not. And then to commit a purposeful crime like murder, you have to have specific intent. I intend to kill you. Uh, and then in the going up and down the line, you have things like negligence, you have recklessness, you have knowingly, and then you have purposely. What what they're looking at is an external factor. Here, her mental status at the time of the crime had diminished her ability to establish the mens rea element or the intent element to commit the crime. Now, that can manifest itself in a couple of different ways in the criminal justice system. So look at it. It's like a, a sliding scale. Like on the, on the most extreme side for the defense, you could say that's an absolute defense for the crime. So in our, in our situation, everybody's heard of temporary insanity, taking away the intoxication part for a second. And then you could slide it all the way to the other side where it's no defense to the crime. Um, and that just depends on what the legislative branch says. That's the first curve. The other one is how does the system treat it? Because the prosecutors have discretion, judges have discretion, prosecutors have discretion in what they're going to charge. And, you know, you could say, even though we could prove a purposeful murder here because the law would let us, we're not going to pursue that because there's some mitigating circumstances. While they may not be a a defense, we're going to take that into consideration as we decide what to charge this person with. And then you get it all the way to the judge who takes similar factors into consideration when imposing the sentence. So I don't know the facts here. And I don't know the California law here. Um, but, you know, this is a situation where there was obvious mitigation. She had lost her mind for whatever period of time, committed horrible crimes. It's a hard decision to decide what to do with that person, right? So it's yeah. like everybody knows. Like, I, I, here's the example I use when I talk to juries. 
everybody knows as a kid, and we all said this, when you go tell on your brother or your sister or your best friend, everybody, everybody's heard a kid, you did that on purpose. He, you hit me and you did it on purpose. And that matters, right? If you did it on purpose, that matters. Yeah. If you did it by mistake, it's different. If you didn't, if it's something else, it's different. So I can't say anything good or bad about this. I I, I don't know. And then the other thing you got to consider is what's her history? Has she ever done anything wrong? Has she lived a good life? You know, I. And maybe the other factor it's very relevant these days is what does the victim's family say? Because now our constitution here in Ohio, and I'm sure California, they have uh, amendments or laws that talk about victims' rights. So then on the one hand, you could have the victim's family coming in and saying, not only do I want this person dead, I want him uh, tortured before he dies. And then on the other side, they could say, look, you hear this in like um, vehicular homicide cases where a best friend kills another in a car. Mm -hmm. Like we're praying for him. Um, We don't blame him. We don't want anything to happen to this guy. We know it was a mistake. You know, and and the swing there would be like 10 years or no years. Wow. Wow. So, and, and so how much do you, I wonder, I would want to know a few things. What was the evidence that she was completely impaired and uh, out of her mind? And how strong was that? Um, how is it that she consumed the drug? Did she even know that the, was the drug laced with something that she didn't know? So you could maybe take away some of the initial intent to get high. Um, what did the victim's family want out of this? What was her history, her character? Uh, how did how she lived her life? And what is the risk that she's going to do it again? What's the risk of recidivism? What uh, and do and then then of course you've got punishment. How much do we need to punish somebody? So I can't say anything good or bad about it. It just is one of those cases that uh, uh, is interesting. So, so Steve, if this happened in Ohio, and let's, let's, uh, let's substitute alcohol for uh, the marijuana, and now that marijuana is recreational in Ohio, I get that. But, and and, and we, we probably will see a version of this in Ohio. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. But it, in Ohio, okay, so a husband gets himself all pissed up, uh, you know, drinking whiskey, and he beats up his wife and she dies. I mean, you can't just get off because you're drunk, right? I mean, you know. Well, you can mitigate it, perhaps. You can mitigate it. It can maybe be mitigated. I mean, I've had a case where somebody was completely blotto, and uh, there's still some semblance of a, a voluntary intoxication defense. And it, my client didn't didn't walk away, but it helped me re- resolve the case for less okay. of a punishment. But in your scenario, I mean, in this scenario, the one you're talking about in California, no jail I am time. presuming that's what's killing. I am people. presuming that there was no passion behind the crime. In other words, there wasn't a fight that made any sense. Okay. So if I flip out and I see you as the antichrist attacking okay. me, I and I kill you, okay. all right, and say that's without drugs, I just happen mm-hmm. to be insane. Okay. That would be the defense of insanity. I plead insanity um, or maybe even temporary insanity. Now, if you and I hate each other and I get drunk and pissed off and beat you to death, well, that's a whole different animus, right? That's a whole different mens rea. Yeah. Okay. You need to know facts. Okay. Yeah. And one little detail uh, in that case that I didn't write down, but I do remember it now that that you brought that up. the it was the state's own expert witness, uh, a psychiatrist or psychologist, I don't know which, but uh, their expert witness said that she had no capacity uh, to decide right from wrong. Yeah, when so she was, the so, classic insanity mm-hmm. test is you don't know right from wrong and you can't understand the nature and consequences of your actions. Because she was so high, she, she was in the another world. Monoton test is right. the, for those lawyers out there. So I, guess, I guess that testimony coming from the prosecution's own witness now, of interest, Probably, you know. of interest uh, the old Jimmy Stewart, mover, uh, Jimmy Stewart movie uh, with uh, George C. Scott, Anatomy of a Murder. 
Okay. Mm. They talk about these this insanity test. This, there's like it's a temporary insanity case. The guy flips out because his wife is talking to some other guy at a bar or something. Jimmy Stewart, you know, the old sort of salt of the earth fisherman comes along and defends it. And he talks about the monoton test. And uh, there's two different, there used to be two different insanity tests. One was called an irresistible impulse. And the other is you don't understand the con- the nature and consequences of your actions. And I think most um, have, uh, most, most states or most jurisdictions sort of have combined some version of that. Hmm. Uh, so it's like the irresistible impulse is almost gone. So like that, that would be like, I just couldn't control myself. So I beat mm-hmm. you to death. Like that doesn't quite make you insane anymore. Um, So it's all been standardized and there are experts and psychologists who do these evaluations. They even have standard psychological testing to help like tools they use to to sort of you put in data and you spit out a result so they can they can talk about it. Uh, I wanted to add going off on another route. Uh, there's been new words added to dictionary.com. And and as we know, (laughs) new words added to dictionary usually reflect where we've been, where we're going, you mm-hmm. know, they were yeah. absorbing different things going on. So it, it's, I think it's like 300 words, but I picked out a few that I thought were interesting and actually lead to uh, <laughs> reflect a couple of things we talked about. So in the new, some new words in the dictionary.com is girl dinner an often attractively presented collection of snacks that involve little preparation, such as small quantities of cold cuts, cheese, fruit, cherry, tomatoes, deemed sufficient to constitute a meal for one. Okay. Mm, that's a girl dinner. A girl dinner. Girl dinner. Okay. Okay. Uh, the next one: range anxiety, the apprehension or fear that an electric vehicle's battery will run out of power before reaching <laughs> one's intended destination or a charging station. It's for real. Okay. That's beautiful. Love this one. So I'm going to read. This is a noun. This is the definition. The gradual degradation of an online platform or services functionality as part of a cycle in which the platform or service first offers benefits to users to attract them and pursues more and more profits at the expense of others, of of the users. So basically an app going away. Okay. But they're trying to pull more money. That is called (laughs) enshedification. Uh, bed rotting, the practice of spending many hours in bed during the day, often with snacks or an electric de- electronic device as a voluntary retreat from activity or stress. Yeah. Apparently, though, this is uh, the verb form is bed rot. It's, despite the negative connotation of rotting, many use the term in a positive way to refer to what they consider a form of self-care. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's right. All right. So Barbie core. An aesthetic or style featuring playful pink outfits, accessories, decor, of course, from, you know, Barbie, the movie and such. Squish, an intense feeling of infatuation that is not romantic or sexual in nature, a platonic crush. Now get this. This term is also used in an entirely unrelated way in the context of U.S. politics as a derogatory term for a politician, especially a Republican, who is perceived by members of their own party to as overly moderate or willing to compromise. Hmm. Okay, right. K- uh, keto flu is a temporary feeling of illness or feel physical unease, often experienced by those starting a ketogenic diet. Okay. <laughs> also called a carb flu. Uh, intimate partner violence, acts of violence or abuse within a romantic relationship. All right. So well, there's a term for it, which I think makes. And lastly, I had to, yeah. <laughs> so this word, b o o b n e. I'm not sure how you pronounce it. Boobney. I, I don't know. Boobney. All it's right. a noun. Pimp, pimples or a rash in the area of the breasts or on the upper back caused by a bra that shaves not clean or is made of material that is allergenic or not breathable. 
So like a combination of <laughs> of acne and boob. Boobney. Boobney. Yeah. Boobney. Yeah. Wow. Boobney. I got you. Well, look, wow. I propose. I propose that we have a word of the day, a new word of the day going forward every week. Uh. Or a new word of the week going forward. So, yeah. well, look, we've been at it a long time. It's probably and time to wrap it up. I, I think. Uh, I think in shittification. Oh in my god! Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll be using I'm, that. I'm, I'm kind of liking stuff. it. I'm it's good stuff. These words. Oh yeah. my god! Let right. let this program <laughs> never in shittify. Okay. <laughs> indeed, indeed. All right. Well, uh, another riveting session of common sense right here at the roundtable at Channel Five One One. If you want your own podcast, by the way, you can go to Channel Five One One dot com, and there's a little calendar you can click on. You can sign up for your spot, and you can come down here and record right where we are right where norm sits if you want to avoid norm spot brett's if you don't like any of us or either of those two you can sit in mine void us out or we'll find a different spot for you but we can get you recorded sounding professionally and get you up in the podcast airwaves with your own show brought we are here brought to you of course by harper plus accounting it is that time it's not too late to call them for your tax needs this season but you better act quickly because tax season has descended upon those in the accounting world uh so we are coming at you Time and time again, week in and week out, right from the middle, at least until now.